Hello, and welcome to Force for Thought. Today, Matt's going rogue. Matt, what are you going rogue about? Guys, today I'm going rogue about the original script for Episode 9, The Duel of Fates. <sighs> gasp. Audible gasp. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back. Um, I, I'm really excited to to talk through Duel of Fates. Uh, before we we start, has anybody here read Duel of Fates before? I have not. I kind of wanted to, and this is what the original inception of our Rogue Ones was for: for one of us to really get into something that the other two don't have the desire, more accurately, the time to consume yep. Star Wars wise. And so, I, this has always been on my radar for something that I would have liked to have read, but. I don't like reading screenplays for one. I barely like reading books, so I would never actually get around to it. So I'm very excited to hear what that story was. Yeah, it's oh sorry, Max. <laughs> now you now you answer. <laughs> um, I did read it a long time ago though, so there's some very specific parts that I do remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very excited to hear it again and go over some of the things that I don't remember as well because I remember uh the things that I did like about it a lot, but I don't remember the things that I didn't like and I do remember there being a lot of things that I didn't like because I remember that feeling after I read it where I was like well that wasn't that much better than Rise of Skywalker because I feel like Mm -hmm. you know the grass is always greener a lot of fans did not like the Rise of Skywalker and then when this script leaked people were like oh my gosh this is so much better this is like everything we missed out on and so I read it and I did not come away with that feeling yeah to me I mean like full thoughts I guess maybe before we even jump in is that it it does somewhere land in between and when I first started I was like wow this is I think people that do that said that started it and read the last couple pages and didn't read the middle and it because that was a classic internet trope <laughs> yeah it, because it it is one of those things where I'm like it dips a little bit to me in the middle and then it it, re- it revives itself and um I really did enjoy reading it but I think it's one of those things when you get to be a known director like Colin uh, Trevorrow and I feel like he writes him and his partner his writing partner uh, Derek Conley write like they have done this before and they are the ones that are reading it to direct it right so a lot of the things I think feel like v1s of their writing that they can see it mentally so they're not putting in a lot of the footwork and it's also to somebody else and you know i'm sure they would bulk this up a little bit and put more description potentially potentially not because like is a difference between reading screenplays i guess when like people are first starting out or like even like vince gilligan breaking bad that's like my best example of like every screenplay every episode was like 45 minutes long right 45 50 minutes long but every screenplay was like 64 to 74 i believe because you just like to put a lot of description in where i think in this screenplay there was a lot less and so i was like wait what was going on and especially when you're trying to understand the world you're in and the universe and these little set pieces it is it was harder for some of them to jump off the page to be like, wait, where am I at? Like I'm on course now, but it looks different, but like I need to be reminded of it a little bit more. I know that's not the point of a screenplay to remind you because you say it once and then the production designer will go through, you know, for, for production design and be like, okay, they said this once and these here are the five lines of dialogue I can start creating off of. So now I know that's not the full purpose of a screenplay, but um, it felt more like they've done this before and they have done this before. They've done uh, safety guaranteed. Um, they've done Jurassic world. Obviously what that was the movie. Safety not guaranteed. Okay. I um, thought you said safety guaranteed. I think I did say that. I was about that. to call you out. I think I did say that, to be fair. They, uh, because if I can say something real quick, I yeah. I do not like like uh, being negative. I try to be very positive, <laughs> and that good. was one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast uh, about Star Wars, because I feel like there is just you know a lot of negativity out there about yeah. it. 
I will say I'm very glad that Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow did not do The Rise of Skywalker or the third movie. Sure. Because especially going back over their filmography, like you said, like, There's yeah, not safety much, not actually. guaranteed. It was a very low budget indie film. And like people liked it, but I it's loved it. Very, very different. Like it yes. has nothing to do with this. And then the only other like blockbuster that they worked on that is, you know, um, kind of similar here is the Jurassic World movies, yep. which I don't know how you two feel about it. I hate those movies. I watched every Same. single one. I felt like Charlie Brown and Lucy with a football where I'm like, all right, maybe this will be the one. And it just kept I getting agree. worse. And I thought the last one was like actually offensively bad. I thought it was insulting to its viewers and it, it had so much potential. Like they brought back all the cast members and everything for it. But regardless, those are my feelings of Jurassic World isn't what's being discussed I, here. But I still have not seen the last one either. And it's I Jurassic Park is my in my top 20 movies of all time came out this year I was born absolutely love that movie I have no interest in those and that, I think that is something that they had so much technology going for it in the 90s and then kind of just were like let's just make a big black blockbuster and it, it, it fails and I think but I don't think that's even like Colin uh, Trevorrow's fault I think he's a good director so he's not guaranteed is really great and I think it shows a lot of promise but then he kind of got sucked into the Jurassic world I guess world. And then he also did the book of Henry. And so those are like the, the big movies that him and his writing partner, Derek Connolly have done. I, I would have liked to see what he did with rise of Skywalker. But with that being said, it's a very different story than rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, I think tries to wrap up the entire Skywalker saga while introducing new villains, um, which is a very hard task as we've seen. Right. And I think this movie, it doesn't necessarily close the trilogy the Skywalker saga, it closes this trilogy and opens up an uh, opportunity for a next one, which I think ultimately this has the better goal in mind. I know that like, I think, it, yeah, I just, I think ultimately, ultimately this might not have been a better movie, but I think it sets the Star Wars universe up for better potential going forward um, is what I'll say about it. And I enjoy Rise of Skywalker. I don't hate that, that movie as we've talked about, like in our rankings, it's lower on the list, but it's not the worst. And I, it's one of these things, those things, again, this is like, I, it's gotta be first draft, maybe second. And some things I think would definitely need to change, but just reading it by itself, I, I enjoyed it and I'm excited to walk uh, through it with you guys. And also, this is this could be potentially a lengthier episode. I have 94 points to go through, mainly because those are all the scenes in the movie. Um, I'm not going to go in depth necessarily with a lot of them. Obviously, you can read this by you can go find this uh, listener at home or or Luke or Max. To but I would also you know we should be like interactive a little bit too. So if you're just like wait what happened you know let's go more in depth about it. If there's some cool elements we can talk about it as well because this uh, it has the potential to be just going through a screenplay really quick. So I'm excited to talk about it, but. Um, the first thing I'll note is I think the crawl is very short, and yet I think it's really effective. So I'll just read the crawl to go forward. Oh, thank God. So, so Star Wars, Episode Nine: The Duel of Fates. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Uh, traitorous acts are, punish uh, are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communications between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path forward to freedom. That feels like an in that feels like a crawl to me. Like it's pretty short, but like obviously with 
you know, Rise of Skywalker, it's a little heavy handed, you know, the, the dead live or the dead speak, the dead speak, which is how we started this, you know, the nerd speak this whole podcast is how we started that. There are intro, but like that in this intro feels a little bit more in line to me with what everything is going through. So anyway, so we begin with an undercover mission with Finn, Poe, Rose and BB-8 as they infiltrate an orbital ring that uh, has Star Wars destroys branching off of it like a punk rock bracelet. Which the punk rock bracelet also feels a little. I mean, it's, it's a good description of it, but I feel like is that how it's described in this? It's described as a punk rock b- bracelet, so mm. it's a. It has a bunch of. It was just a great visual, just yeah. a little weird uh, ring tip. But anyway, uh, we you know there's a lot of camaraderie between Finn and Poe. Uh, they're on the surface of this moon while the orbital ring hovers in the air, and from it uh, has a large. Um, uh, pole coming from the orbital ring in the sp- in space down to the planet in its core, and so basically just like uh, gathering its resources and, g- and getting its energy from the, from the core of this planet. It basically has kind of made everyone's life on this planet kind of hell as the first order has taken over. Uh, they run into Rose, who uh, has who thinks she's been, was only going to be there for two days, but has been living amongst these people for two weeks now. And they debate the plan is even worth it. It's obviously pretty comedic. Uh, and they come face-to-face with stormtroopers and something called a mech trooper. These are not described described in any detail besides a mech trooper. These, to me, to my knowledge, are brand new troopers that we would have seen. Um, and they act in the movie quite a bit. Uh, they pop up a couple times, at least on page. I assume they would be even more so in screen, too. Uh, they're waiting for a distraction once they come face-to-face with these troopers. And then, uh, all of a sudden, one of the ho- uh, hooded Tusken Raiders step forward. And it's not a Tusken Raider, and it's Ray, and she unleashes a dual blade, which is really, really cool to see. I have not read this script, but I have seen a lot of the concept art for it. So I know Ray has the double-bladed lightsaber, which is such low-hanging fruit. Why does she not have a double-bladed lightsaber in The Rise of Skywalker? That has always upset me so much. They destroyed the Skywalker saber in The Last Jedi, so it makes sense that she would rebuild it and improve upon it. She has her staff that she uses in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi which would allude to her ability to use a lightsaber in that way. I have always thought that was a very big missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And it's also the, it's Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber and her lightsaber combined, like welded mm-hmm. together that she made. So like that just, just seems really cool. And it feels like a nice thing back to Maz Kanata. Something else, Maz Kanata is not mentioned in the script at once. Um, mm. There's a lot, I know I'm getting off track already, but there is a lot of things that like wedge, snap, no mention of these other characters in it. It really tries to stick to the core, the core beat, the core people. Ray has a dual blade. She defeats the mech troopers. She defeats the stormtroopers. Uh, Ray and Poe begin to have a lot of banter within this movie as well, uh, and we kind of see them in a whole new light. Um, uh, Finn has a beat where he notices a stormtrooper with his helmet blasted off, and he becomes very like shocked by this fact, and he's, he obviously notices this person. Um, BB BB Eight is on to the rendezvous point. Um, as Poe wants to steal the a, 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 an Eclipse class uh, class dreadnought, um, he he insists he can fly basically to get off this planet. The plan's going awry. So how do they get? They escape, and of course Poe wants to steal the biggest ship he can he can find and wants to take off with it. Um, Finn and Rose talk about Rax's Prime. This is a great backstory, basically hinting that they have been doing a bunch of missions since we've last seen them. Their resistance is still small and still growing, and so we get a lot of hints throughout this entire movie that they have been doing a lot more than what um than since the last time we saw them they're they're still very resistant strong as they steal the ship the knights of ren appear the knights of ren are also a very big part of this movie 
Um, we get the full gambit of them. They are definitely feared. We see one of them is at least a, a force user as well amongst them, which I'm mm. sure you guys, I don't know if you guys know because in the comics or anything, but one of them is a, is a force user in this movie. I thought in the comics only Ren was the force user and Kylo Ren killed him. And yeah, none I don't of the think any were. of them are force users in the, in the comics. Interesting. Yeah, in this one, one of them is indeed a force user. Which uh, this would have come out first, though, so this would have established that as canon. Yeah. I bet it was Vic Rule that was the Force user. He was one of the Knights of Ren, but he's the only one that got a Black Series figure. But they didn't name him in the Black Series figure. They just called him Knight of Ren. Drives me up a wall. Hmm. Um, and then we, uh, they basically jump on the ship, and then uh, we arrive on Coruscant. But it's a very different Coruscant than we're used to. It's taken over by uh, the First Order, uh, and we meet a, n- a new teenager character named Dade, who I was not convinced was the broom boy. It's not the broom boy, though. <laughs> we meet a character named Dade, because they make sure that the broom boy's at the end of this movie. Um, and so we meet a character named Dade. Uh, basically, Dade walks through the streets to show us that the this, the Coruscant is very different from what we last saw. It's very ragged, tied together, and it's uh, run by the First Order. Uh, Dade gets to the middle of the town square where somebody is executed with a light blade guillotine this really stuck out to me because a light blade guillotine as far as my knowledge is a new thing that would have been seen in this movie just a guillotine with a lightsaber basically and that person is executed under the uh, under the order of general hux hux has a basically a meeting with a with bunch of warlords that basically implies that he has no interest in serving kylo ren and he's kind of going to do his own thing then we cut to Mustafar and Kylo Ren is on the hunt for Vader's abandoned castle, which is a really cool beat. So we get to see this, you know, him going through this volcanic uh, wasteland, basically looking for this castle. Um, and then he ends up, uh, Luke is there along with him, voiceovering, uh, warning him about the dark side, how it will betray him. And he still has time to turn to the light. I like this introduction of Luke Skywalker this early on in the movie versus what we get in Rise of Skywalker when we get the not eye roll moment, but you know, he catches the lightsaber and it's kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. this way it, it brings him back in a way that feels very natural to what we know in star Wars in a very natural time. He's still trying to do good, even though he's gone. And it'll also wrap up the hanging thread. They left in the last Jedi where Luke says that he'll teach Ray three lessons and then only does two. And yeah. So now this will give him an opportunity to do that, which I guess I, when I started saying that, I thought he said that to Kylo Ren. So never mind. Cut that. I just said that because he does give Ray a third and final lesson in the Rise of Skywalker. So never mind. He, don't worry. He gives some advice in this movie too. Which is spoiler. So then Kylo ends up uh, getting into the castle and he finds a holocron and he plays the holocron and it is a recording of Palpatine recorded decades ago. I think this is a great way to show Palpatine and not have him necessarily be the uh, a villain in this movie. Um, the holocron is begins to scan Kylo as he's watching uh, this. Uh, this holo- uh, my god, I'm saying holocron now and hologram is really confusing. <laughs> yeah, as he's watching, and it recognizes it's not Vader watching it, and it begins to shock him into pain, basically. And he falls on the ground screaming as like this blue, like his all of his veins start turning blue and popping out. Um, and we cut we cut away. Leia wakes up in a resistance base, and her daughter in real life, uh, I believe her name is Connix, and Chewie tell her that the mission is, a, is semi-complete as a, as a the Eclipse Dreadnought uh, descends onto the snowy jungle where she's at. Leia orders to evacuate the base since they stole a full-class destroyer, um, and then Rey feels the weight of the the, the heaviness of the war, and, and Kylo, what's going on with him. Um, she kind of, this entire movie, she's wearing black at this point also, um, I think she, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, will she turn bad? Will, is she going to stay in the light? I think it does double down on that 
that fact uh, versus kind of like in Last Jedi. It's like, nope, she is good. In this one, it kind of goes back and you kind of debate if she's going to turn bad because she does feel this this heaviness, um, uh, which I which I think is interesting. Um, you get that in The Rise of Skywalker, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, did, I just assumed it was going to be kind of done at the end of Rise of Skywalker, but they want to continue. Um, searching through the Dreadnought, Chewie and Finn um, find a full arsenal of weapons and vehicles, uh, which they think they can use, which is obviously, since The Last Jedi, not much progress doesn't seem like it has been made. They're still kind of hiding out, trying to gather people, but it hasn't fully gone to, uh, it hasn't gone according to plan, doesn't seem like. Um, Ray uses the Jedi text that she takes in Last Jedi uh, to find an old system on Coruscant. Basically, they want to get to Coruscant in order to send a message to the galaxy to really to rally for to help and for mm-hmm. war. That's basically kind of the the mission of this this whole movie. Um, we see a uh, training session with with Ray that kind of comes out of nowhere, to be honest, uh, and we get her and Luke interacting again, which is nice. Then she senses Kylo which is when we flash back to Kylo and Kylo now is in a medical bay with getting Mandalorian armor melted onto his face as he continues screaming. Basically his face is so scarred from the holocron that he has Mandalorian armor now on his face. Ray touches her face, sensing the pain. He quickly has a vision of where, where Ray is now sensing where she is at much like they did in uh, the last Jedi. Luke finally comes, uh, comes into view as a force ghost asking Ray what she saw. And she says she saw the future. The vision of the Temple of Mortis that existed before the Jedi and before the Sith. Uh, if uh, Luke warns Rey that if Kylo touches the Well of Light, the fight will be lost. And basically, the Temple on Mortis is the entire premise, which I have a feeling they're maybe doing a little bit of that with Ahsoka. Again, unknown, but like the fact that like there's this, it's something that has it's existed before the. The Jedi before the Sith, it's the combination of like the light and the dark. And so I think that feels like something potentially they would there's story beats in here that I feel like they will continue with. Okay, so then a new mask lowers onto Kylo after a surgery. He breathes deep. It's like Vader's now, more reminiscent of Vader's breathing, but it's much deeper. Uh, he's obviously very hurt as well, and so we're kind of getting that sense that now he's more like Vader than ever. We cut to Hux now on Coruscant in his office, and he tries to use the force. It obviously doesn't work. This beat, I think, falls flat a lot. There's a weird thing they shoehorn in here with Hux trying and wanting to use the force because I think the whole goal is to have him be stronger than Kylo but it's a little odd so he tries to use the force on like like a something on his desk he like he's reaching out it's not working uh, Kylo enters and basically Hux's goal is to wipe out the resistance while Kylo's is to wipe out Ray specifically and so they kind of have differing goals and so Kylo goes on his way to try to wipe out the try to find Ray where then Hux kind of informs everyone else that he can have his like petty things. Basically he's going to stick with the, the overarching thing, which is the wiping out the resistance. Um, the resistance, uh, basically want to go and activate, a a beacon at the temple to summon the galaxy for war. Uh, here C3PO and R2 are reintroduced. And basically from here, they're able, they're throughout the entire movie. So I do like the way they use C3PO and R2D2 the entire time. Ray decides she wants to confront Kylo and uh, Poe says he'll go with her, convincing her by saying he knows someone with force-like abilities. Leia sees then the romantic tension that become, and then becomes concerned. They try to do a romantic tension thing with Poe and Ray here, and I think it kind of works, but it does feel a little off because you get this, you lose a bit of the camaraderie with Finn and Ray because you replace it with Finn and Rose because they double down on that. So it's a little interesting to see that. I don't really get romantic vibes at all through the entire first two movies. I know like 
of like Ray and Poe. I know they don't really interact in the first one, but like yeah, it would definitely be shoehorned into this one. It feels a little odd, right? No, they can make that work. They only meet at the end of the Last Jedi, so they they could be romantically involved and they could be i'm not yeah. saying it's like a plot hole or anything i'm just saying because they just meet at the end of the last jedi or because they just met at the end of the last jedi yeah um there's nothing building up to that with that being said it, it does lead somewhere which i like we now cut back to kylo and he's talking to vader's mask again like he does in force awakens he's not happy and he basically shatters the mask he completely destroys it literally killing the past i feel like um he leaves to find a ray uh, Hux raised his army for the extraction, not telling Kylo. Extinction, I think. Eh, extraction, either way. He's extracting life out of people. Um, <laughs> Finn and Ray have a, an emotional goodbye. Ray says she'll uh, save Leia's son, but Leia doesn't believe that she can be saved anymore. Um, they have a, a couple of great moments, uh, and then just, Hux, just then Hux's army arrives on the planet right before Ray's about to leave. Uh, Chewie, Ray... And Poe are together and take off in the Millennium Falcon, bursting through the fiery forest. Finn, 3PO, Rose are together, and they Rose has a ship called the Phantom Hawk. And then finally, Leia takes command of the Eclipse Destroyer. And they mention that she swivels around in the chair, much like Admiral Akbar, which was interesting. Because I'm just like, that's just like a chair you swivel around in. Mm-hmm. But they specifically mention Akbar. No. But basically, our three, car- our three groups, right? We have the Eclipse Dreadnought, uh, or Star Destroyer. With Leia, uh, we have uh, Finn and Rose and 3PO and R2 in the Phantom Hawk. And then we have Poe, Chewie, and Rey in the Millennium Falcon. And so these are the three stories we kind of branch off with. Uh, the Falcon encounters the Knights of Ren as they depart. And here we get a sense of who the Knights of Ren are. We also find out one of them is Force-sensitive. Uh, they obviously dodge them, and then they end up escaping. Uh, Kylo enters the Remcor Fortress, seeking... Um, Oh, he sees a skull in a Sith helmet, which is pretty brutal. Um, That's been there forever. A reminder that the Jedi live on. Uh, And then he meets this 7,000-year-old creature, Torvalium. He's an old alien creature that walks on multiple legs. uh, And he's afraid of nothing. Kylo then decides that this will be his new master to teach him the ways of the Sith. The Falcon lands on a planet called Bondin, I believe. And then uh, Poe talks about his past on the planet. Ray tries to remember hers, but uh, is reminded that she is nobody, of course. Basically, Poe would go there with his grandparents, it sounds like, and sail around on this on the watery uh, shores. Mm-hmm. And then Ray and Poe kiss. She's they she, Ray notices or Poe notices a true uh, uh, the mech troopers, and so they uh, they do that fake out kiss thing where they try to hide their faces. Um, mm. And they both, but they in this moment they both feel something for one another, even though they don't admit it. And there's obviously very much Poe and Ray kind of banter back and forth, being being like, "Oh, that was just yeah, that was just for that that kind of moment," uh, which they do. They meet with a with Nomi, a small alien creature who can help them uh, track down Mortis. Mortis is this again myth of a planet. Uh, Ray says Mortis is just a or no, Luke says Mortis is a myth, and Ray says so are you. Or maybe it was the other way around where Luke says, oh, so was I. Like, he was a myth. That's a nice callback. That's a cool line, yeah. Yeah, it is a nice little callback. I think the writing in those little moments are good. They get a little weird in the middle. And basically, in this vision, uh, this alien, Nomi, says that she can make it there, but Rey will have to sacrifice herself in order for the outcome she wants, basically. Then we cut, and Finn and Rose arrive on Coruscant. Uh, Noting that most of the population live underground now. Tens of thousands of people live underground of Coruscant. As the First Order is taking the top side, basically. 
They break into a Jedi te- temple. The 3PO gets caught by a stormtrooper, and Finn and Rose uh, begin to take kyber crystals to give their device uh, basically energy in order to in, in order to work. The living force now is drained from Kylo into Kylo's hand, and his face becomes more to life. His scars begin to disappear. Uh, this is done by uh, Valium, who is the the seven thousand year old alien. Kylo enters the Vengeance Cave, where he confronts a hulking presence of Darth Vader. The two begin to fight, and Vader strikes Kylo down. Kylo looks to his wound in his chest, where Vader just struck him, but there's nothing there. He's all alone. It's obviously much like the Empire Strikes Back. Force thank vision. you, yeah. thank you. I was gonna say it, and then I was just gonna make somehow make a joke how he said return a couple weeks ago. Blah blah. blah. But instead of Luke defeating Vader, Vader defeats Kylo. Yes. And so he exits the cave asking Tor Valium where Morris is. Valium denies telling him until Kylo goes deep into his mind, betraying him. And he drains the life force from Tor Valium, who has now given him the life force. So he just basically just turns around and murders this guy who is giving him the living living force. Uh, Which is kind of of cool. And I feel like the script, it, it moves really quick in that fact. I'm like, we just met him. Five pages ago, and now he's dead, so I have like, no emotional he was on connection. Mustafar? Um, yes, yeah, he is. He, no, he is. Sorry, he is going. He was he on Mustafar to find the holocron. Station. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Luke. There was a uh, like a a version of Torvalium that did make its way into the canon in the Darth Vader comics. There's a character called the Eye of Webbish Bog. Oh, interesting. Who's on Mustafar? He's also in deleted scenes for the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. The Eye of Webbish Bog is. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Ray can sense Kylo is growing stronger, and this makes her scared, obviously. Finn and Rose create a conductor to send the message to the galaxy with the with the kyber crystals in this Jedi temple and Coruscant. A message from Leia is sound, sent out across the galaxy then. Uh, Droids sorry. projecting it, yes. Question. You keep saying a Jedi temple. Is it the Jedi temple? It's the Jedi temple, okay. yes. Because <laughs> that was then the Sith throne during yeah. Palpatine's era, and it's... Has a lot of content and legends also, but that would that'd be cool oh, to see that again. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that I'm like. There's a lot of fan service I think in here. Like a lot of the lines that we're saying, a lot of everything else that I feel like they do have a lot of lines that are that are going through. Um, but basically, a message is sent out amongst the in the galaxies. Every droid now is just basically projecting this message from Leia, kind of rallying the call again, much like we did in, in Last Jedi. It's not just within whatever this little small distance through the entire galaxy. That'd be cool to hear the message, too. Yeah. But you want me to read it? <laughs> uh, is it written? It is written, yeah. I, no, I don't need you to read it. Okay. But I'm just saying, instead of saying, Lando and Chewie are going to fly through the uh, inner core and rally people, it'd be cool to like yeah. see that more in or a message. Or to read in an opening crawl that the sinister voice of Emperor Palpatine is heard across the galaxy, but the only way to have actually heard it is to play Fortnite. Yes, similar to that oh, also. That's annoying. What? Fortnite. You didn't know that? No. The dead speak moment that Palpatine actually broadcasts across the galaxy is in a Star Wars crossover event in Fortnite and not anywhere else in a comic book or book or movie. That's so unfortunate. Isn't that upsetting? That's really upsetting to find out. I don't love that. Um, and there's a lot of great lines in through this, and I, I, I feel like I'm rushing through a little bit just because there is so much still to get through. Mm-hmm. But I would love to read some lines even at the end. Um. But basically, it's sent out throughout the galaxy, and we got a good Bosk cameo. No way. Yeah, Bosk is just sitting there watching the. For some reason, they specifically mentioned Bosk watching this message sitting at like that. a Navarro cantina. I always liked Bosk. I yeah, love that. Which is so funny. So there's a lot of cool things like that. Uh, and then an explosion happens, which causes the commu- communication to be disrupted. Finn and Rose then es- att- attempt to escape the temple, but 
basically fall a very long way and become unconscious. Uh, R2 and 3PO then escape from the courtyard, clearly leaving beforehand. It's kind of unclear. It's all of a sudden then being like, and then 3PO and R2 are rushing through the courtyard as like dust settles, basically. Some people make it, some people don't because plot. Kind of, yes. One of the Knights of Ren noticed that Poe and Finn are in the crowd. I mean, Poe and Rey, I think. They happen to a boat, and Rey uses the Force to push them out to sea to try to escape from the Knights of Ren. Uh, she fiber, she lightsaber fights Hasaka, who is the Force-wielding uh, Knights of Ren once they catch up. Poe and Chewie unload... Poe and Chewie unload their blaster fire. Here, Ray disconnects her saber, basically having two sabers now. So one is obviously Anakin's old saber. One of them is obviously hers. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. so much cooler than just having the Skywalker saber again. I think so, too. And then she gets really angry, hinting at the dark side again, and she shoots the purple lightning from her fingers, killing the Force-using uh, Ren. So basically after this, Ray is like, I need to leave. She wants to separate. Poe doesn't understand. But then Ray uses her the force on him basically and just gives him directions. And he knows this is gonna he's this is gonna happen. And he, he kind of begs and pleads with her not to to do this to him. But then she force uses and she's like, You will go to the Millennium Falcon and fly off. And so her Oh no, Poe that's so cool. And Chewie go to the Millennium Falcon, and then right when the doors are closing, he re- he regains consciousness and waves goodbye to her, knowing this is, might be the last time he ever sees her. But Jedi mind tricks are only supposed to work on weak-minded people. I think he is, though. He's I think he's, in this moment, He's I think he's clouded by his this weird, like, new infatuation with Rey. So I think it's the perfect time to actually put it in the script where it might work, you know? It's weird. Not um, to mention that lore bit is so hazy. What does that even mean? That it only works on the weak-minded? That means nothing. I don't know, but I don't want Poe Dameron to be dumber than Watto. I don't think it's an... I don't know. It, 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 it is presented as an intellect thing, but I've always thought that was such a random bit that sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Whatever. And then we cut to Kylo and Hux officially moving on from each other, basically. Like, Kylo says, Snoke... Uh, Snoke was right about you, Hux. Without faith, you serve only yourself. And basically, he shots off the holocom and sets the coordinates man- manually to try to find his uh, the next location of Mortis. Um, and it, there's a lot of back and forth between Hux and Kylo that I, I feel like would work better on screen because it feels a little like, it's like, okay, we know. We can move on now from this a little mm. bit. Uh, Luke and Leia have a conversation about Kylo being in pain, which is really nice to hear Luke and Leia talk again. Uh, again, I feel like Leia says, let me get this. Luke says he's in pain. She responds to Luke as if she speaks. He speaks to her often. Leia, I feel it too. Luke's force ghost steps forward at her side. He'll soon be more powerful than your father. Our father. (laughs) That'd be crazy if they just. (laughs) He really blames that all on her. (laughs) That was your dad. Leia, so, so, so will she. Luke, she feels too much. Love, anger. Leia, don't we all? Luke, this is why the Jedi live in isolation. The pain of loss only leads to the dark side. Leia, I have lost everything and everyone, but I'd still choose love. Which is a pretty big theme, basically, is basically love and hate throughout this entire uh, movie. A Luke and Leia scene is desperately missing from The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Same with a Luke and Kylo scene. I can't believe that there was only a Luke and Rey scene. Yeah. I mean, we still wouldn't have really gotten it, though, because of her passing. I know. Who knows how this would have been adapted with Carrie Fisher's passing. I know. Part of me is like, I don't remember the events, and I could look it up. I'm like, is it was it announced after 
that this script was written that this is not the direction they were going? After she died? Yeah, or was this... Because this relays a lot on Leia. Or she died before The Last Jedi came out, so I had to imagine this was written after that. This was 2016, the first draft. Oh, so it's right around that's why I'm like, okay. did they were they like, hey, we have to start over, guys? And then they were just like, no, or like, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder how that actually shook out. Finn wakes up, attacked, and is attacked by a stormtrooper. Uh, he hand <laughs> this is I have to find this line actually. He wakes up from falling down a very great distance in the in the Jedi Temple. Yes, with roses with him too. This is the part that I think it gets really heavy handed. Basically, uh, a stormtrooper RK five fourteen approaches, scanning the tunnel with his blaster blaster uh, mounted flashlight. Finn appears behind him, shoves a uh, handheld device in the back of his neck, and stuns him. The stormtrooper collapses. Finn confiscates his weapon and holds him at blaster point. Finn, look at me. The stormtrooper moans, half conscious. Finn, take off your helmet. The trooper follows the order. His eyes are scarred or scared, delusional, vulnerable. Finn, what do you remember? How far back? RK-514, huh? Finn, do you remember where you were taken? Remember your parents? R5K-14. No, I don't. Finn, yeah, you do. You remember everything. Condition again. Uh, blind fires. Basically, we go on to basically saying it's training. He's trying to say he's mind-washed. Again, it feels a little heavy-handed in the fact that, like, Finn should probably be like, where's Rose? I need to get out of here. And then um, <laughs> Finn says, you had a name once. Do you remember it? He shakes his head no. Finn, get a name. That's the first step. Finn, shul- Finn shoulders RK-514's blaster and kicks open a sewer grate. RK-415, then what? Finn, find something to fight for. It's a cool that moment potentially, but it's one of those moments I don't know if it would play really well. It's just all of a sudden Finn being like, find find a name and find something worth fighting for. It's just basically what he, what he did. I don't know. It feels a little off to me. Um, let's see. We then reveal Hux is captured Rose and is trying to, once again, trying to use the force on her. So it's interior first order capital, um, inquisition chamber, uh, day chancellor Hux hands over his, a prisoner strapped to a vertical torture rack. It's Rose chancellor. Are you comfortable? (laughs) This is perfect for me. Max, you're laughing because you know, in the force, not really. If she says, yeah, I have one of these at home, which is funny. Uh, but in the force awakens, one of the funniest moments in all of movies is when Hux, no, sorry. In Kylo walks in and Poe Dameron is strapped to that device. He and he's like, are you comfortable? And my brother pointed this out and it's, we say this on a daily basis. I feel like, but Poe responds, not really. <laughs> like, he says it like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. It is so funny. That's just, he says it so lackadaisical. And so we quote it all the time. So the fact that he says, are you comfortable in this movie, really thematically links for me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when I, used to, where I was like, okay, I like this. But again, Hux uses, tries to use the force on Rose for some reason. And basically Rose is like, you're not special at all. Uh, and Hux obviously gets upset and begins to torture her uh, as he walks out of the room. Oh, no. Yeah. She gets tortured a lot in this movie, it feels like. Um, Leia then goes to meet Lando uh, at his club. He now owns a club. He ba- She basically wants him to send out a, a message to all the smugglers in the galaxy that they need they need help. He unfortunately denies, saying that he doesn't have any fight in the game anymore, and sends her on her way. Uh, Leia is obviously then very concerned, because she's just like, not even my friends will help me. And Lando also has a line where he's like, I promised... Han that I would take care of you but I'm not doing a great job and Leia's like you take care of me like you know I mean Leia can obviously A take care of herself and definitely doesn't need, doesn't need Lando's help <laughs> why um, would he bring up that he's supposed to take care of her and 
still say no to her in the situation. I don't I don't know. It's weird. And basically once they leave Leia basically whispers to Ray that she needs to complete her mission because Ray is like literally the only hope they have left if Lando can't even help them. Um Ray and Kylo land both on Mortis well, now. This is after Finn and Poe Finn and Rose sent out that message. How, did that seem to go well? Apparently not. You know, they haven't heard anything at this point. Okay. Which because you as you know, once they're in their weakest point, they're gonna come save the day. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things where like this script reads really much like that when you're like, I know exactly what's gonna happen, where it's like, Oh yeah, they're all gonna maybe because they do that in Rise of Skywalker too, but Does Lando have a change of heart later? Oh, you know he does, baby. <laughs> He randomly becomes a general again, much like Luke's TikTok. They, he's just <laughs> next to her. Um, but Ray and Kylo both land on Mortis. Basically, Ray goes through this trippy thing, just like they do in right in uh, Last Jedi, which I like. They kind of call it back. Um, a lot of it is like the well in Last Jedi when she falls down into the darkness, and so it's kind of the well of light on Mortis, which is I think Kylo then will observe the the light and also basically just destroy anything else to come. And so she goes through a black hole basically and there becomes like 17 of her all living at once different faces and stuff so she goes through like this trippy black hole so she's going far out this is what i mean by their they i think they've taken elements from the script and incorporated other shows this feels like ezra and with that being said this was written after rebels obviously but this feels like where ezra is at not if it was 2016 oh i guess this was before the middle yeah rebels so, was 14 to 18 I, I guess this is something like the very end of like the very, very, very end of Rebels, I guess. Because this feels like an element that they didn't take from this necessarily for Rebels, but like where we saw in Ahsoka, more or less. This other world. Like, basically, there's a lot of searching is implied towards the end of this movie. Spoiler. Um, they both land on Mortis. Ray crashes while Kylo softly lands. They both get there somehow. They figure it out. Uh, brute troopers are now introduced. So we have mech troopers and brute troopers. They look like Phasma. They're like, they. it says that the stormtroopers look like uh, nighttime security, I believe. Uh, in comparison to these guys. Cool. Okay. Finn then is now stuck in the sewers. As we know, he kicked out a sewer grate and decided to descend into a sewer. So now he is stuck in the sewers and he's getting stuck to the sides of the walls to all this sludge, basically. Uh, this sewer creature now is swimming towards him and eating all the sludge and about to eat him. But of course, our boy Dade from earlier, not Broom Boy, comes in to save him. Uh, and he shows him an underground society where, again, all the tens of thousands of people have lived. Enough to rise up and defeat the First Order, but they have no weapons or ships to do so. What planet is he on? They're on Coruscant. Coruscant. Okay. Uh, Finn gives an empowering speech over a comm device, and Maxwell, I gotta find this. Abandoned underground prison day. Hundreds of compartments like dwelling units are connected by a catwalk with a central control tower. No way. Yep. The Riker? <laughs> the Riker. This is a central idea to maximize, <laughs> maximize. Uh, well, we didn't rip it off. We just thought of it independently. <laughs> we did indeed. When did you write yours? It was right around 2016. No, it was a couple years after. It was 20. You ripped it off. I yeah. knew no. it. <laughs> well, no, that's not when the script was leaked. That was when the that's script true. was written. That's true. Oh, thank God. The script was probably leaked after we started writing. Uh, mm, it was shortly after Rise of Skywalker. We wrote we yeah, around the same time. We we started writing before Rise of Skywalker, though. Did we? We started writing when I was still living out in L.A. Hmm. We were we wrote independently. Like we didn't write a we didn't we plotted it all out beforehand, before we even started writing. We you know when we started writing is when I, when Lynn and I lived with you guys while when we were looking for a house. Hmm. Now what a time. Anyway, Finn gives an empowering speech. Basically, since it's an abandoned prison, there's a comm system throughout the whole thing. So Leia gives her speech to the galaxy. He gives his speech to these tens of thousands of people underground. 
Something that I do like is he's like, together we can strike back, together we can resist. Nice use of the word strike back in there. Um, I was going to say nice use of the word resist. <laughs> see, there we go. Ray then has a vision of her parents. She is kind of regaining consciousness, and she has a vision of her parents leaving her behind. And they are very, they do not want to do it, it doesn't seem like. And so they get on the ship, and they leave, and it leaves her crying, and she goes back to basically uh, her home. Then Kylo has a vision of his younger self. Um, and he walks up to a house and who comes out the door, but Han Solo himself. And so him and Han have a, 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 a bit of a chat. It seems like this actually potentially happened. And basically like how Han Solo stands in the doorway. He looks at his son with sadness and fear. Han Solo, what are you doing, Ben? Ben, that's not my name anymore. Han Solo, your mother can't see you. You're not like that. And he's dressed in black robes. So clearly, I don't know if this is him projecting or this has actually happened after he was, he's left the temple. Um, but they have a nice conversation, not a nice conversation, but they have a conversation. And it slowly, as they walk around each other, it all of a sudden transitions into the scene where he kills him on the catwalk in Force Awakens, which is cool. So it transitions from the younger Ben Solo to, uh, to you know, Force Awakens. And then we see him kill Han Solo again, really just a jab it in at us the last minute to see him die again. <laughs> then Finn, then we cut to, after the Han Solo scene, we cut to Finn teaching troopers basically how to take down an AT-AT and rise up using nothing, which it seems like that's exactly what they do in Mandalorian in that one episode, episode four of season one, when they, the when ATSTs. Yeah. It's basically yeah. that beat. And they take over this uh, AT, ATST, or ATAT maybe? Mm. It's, it says ATAT, I believe. Then Hux gets word and transfers Rose to a higher security uh, prison block uh, because they know that Finn has taken over this ATST and they can't believe that he is, or ATAT and they can't believe he's alive. Uh, these two troopers, Finn or Rose is very down and out. She's battered. She's bruised. She falls uh, up basically into their arms as they escort her away. And then she, of course, is a little trickster and takes their uh, their guns and stuns them both. And it begins her escape, basically. Uh, Finn, con- Finn controls the ATAT and shouts words of revolution as he's going through the street. This reminds me a lot of the Blues Brothers moment when they're <laughs> in their car and they're just like, there's a show tonight with a massive speaker on top of their car. That's basically what he's doing. Then all of a sudden, a brute trooper takes Finn out of the ATAT from the top, just like lifts him up by like his head and takes him out. Uh, and the, the two have a fight on top of an ATAT Maxwell. And then, <laughs> and then basically Finn's about to get got. He's about to get shot. And all of a sudden, the brute trooper gets shot instead. He falls to the ground, and he looks back to the at and who is there but RF-514. <laughs> and he says, you got a name yet? And he says, my name is Rafe. Finn says, I like it. <laughs> like, again, the problem is, like, no time has passed. Like, that was movie two, and then this was movie three. He shows up, and you're like, oh, my God. But, like, did this just happen? <laughs> yeah. So he, that man found a name and a, and a reason to fight for within 15 minutes. 10 minutes later and this guy went from a loyal stormtrooper to a, a turncoat like just because finn told him to take his helmet off like he didn't really have any reason to suspect that he was like already questioning his loyalty to the first order he could be concussed for all we know <laughs> we have no idea um okay so where are we and then we cut to poe chewy and bb8 who arrive back to leia on the eclipse uh, dreadnought who basically then decide to take over Coruscant because they just they need to go there. That's where the most people are, and basically they will get to the rest of their team. Then we go to Kylo and Rey, who meet on Mortis. Uh, Kylo, once again, tries to convince her that they can rule together, the dark side and the light. And then, from here, uh, we re- Rey remembers her parents didn't sell her 
but were hiding her from Kylo Ren himself. And so his trickery in Last Jedi, I think, is really cool in this beat. So this is what happens. Kylo, I don't have to be alone. With the power of this place, we could rule the galaxy as the ancients did, the dark side and the light. Ray, you still think I join you after what you did to my family? Kylo hilters a bit. Ray, we're going to, were you going to tell me here? Uh, we can meet with the truth. I know what you did deep down. I've always known. She circles him like a lion. Ray, my parents didn't sell me for drinking money. They were hiding me from you. Kylo, Kylo. So you remember flashbacks too. the Knights of Ren in the rain in an image, uh, from Ray's force vision where she, when she first touched the lightsaber, a distant child screams, Kylo Snoke made his orders clear. Find anyone who could destroy him. Uh, Find anybody who can destroy him. It didn't take us long to find you. Ray, you killed my parents. Kylo, you blame me for your life on Jakku. You should thank me for it. You were safe. Ray, say it. Did you kill them? Kylo, I did. Which is pretty cool. So Kylo Ren killed her parents. And basically, which again, I always feel like age difference wise is a little weird because they seem kind of semi Yeah, Kylo Ren would have had to have been really young. It had to have been really young. Yes. Or they'd have to change their age gap, which I guess was never really established in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. But what's their age gap in canon now? Like five years? Is it? Is there any explanation in canon? I think it's just presumed to be the ages of the actors, roughly. Yeah. So that's the thing is that like if Ray Ray is pretty young, she doesn't remember anything of her parents. So Kylo was like, this is after. I mean, we saw her in that flashback. She was like, what, five or six years old? Yes. Which means Kylo realistically, I mean, I don't know the age differences. I feel like it is probably significantly more than we're thinking. Because realistically, I don't know, we should look this up. But one of the coolest moments to me is Kylo says, all I want is behind that door. And then Rey ignites her dual lightsaber. Rey, then you'll have to kill me. Kylo ignites his saber. Right? Kylo says, I know. Which is I such know. a cool line. Yeah. And then they basically run at each other as they clash. It cuts to back to Coruscant. Uh, which is when I'm like, okay, I think I like this script again. So real life, their age difference is nine years. So still not enough, really. So I mean, Kylo Ren still would have been a boy. He would have been like fifteen years old if yeah, uh, Ray would have been six at the time. Interesting. Which I mean, that's a rough estimate, but still, that's yeah. I mean, whatever. So then we cut back to Coruscant, where Poe leads ships in a battle, including Chewie, who now flies an X-wing, <laughs> an orange X-wing with a helmet on, and as he roars, which is kind of funny. It was a little funny beat. That would look funny, I think. I don't know about that. It is, but it's one of those things where I think that, like, he they wanted to give Chewie, I think, his own moment because Poe is in the Falcon, and so I think he's just, like, by himself getting his own time. It is very funky, though, because I'm just like, well, he's perfectly good at what he does in the Falcon and kind exactly. of needed. yeah. But he is needed for the story beat. <laughs> Poe, po, Chewie, and Leia basically are in the sky. Finn is on the ground with Rafe and Dade. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, who are these guys? 3P and R2 then walk through this war-torn city, basically making, like, jokes uh, the entire time, which is pretty funny. Uh, then 3PO murders a droid, basically, uh, which is, I think, pretty funny, uh, in order for R2 to take over its turrets and shoot the bad guys, basically, and it were, then basically save the day. Uh, C-3PO says, I've done horrible things. I may never be the same after he, like, pulls the wires out of this droid and basically has R2. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) That's a a funny beat, though. (laughs) It is. 3PO and R2 have, like, I think a lot of heart in this movie, which I think is missing in Rise of Skywalker. 3PO has a lot of heart in the Rise of Skywalker. That's true. R2 is very absent. Yes, which is very unfortunate. Let's see. When they walk through the city, 3PO murders the droid so R2 can take over and the ra- the railgun it was controlling and basically backfire and sh- kill the brute troopers. Uh, 
Then we go back to the fight. Ray slashes Kylo's mask, uh, basically the bottom half, and it falls off, which is usually where we're usually up to the the top half usually gets slashed off. So she slashes the bottom, a little different. Good for her because we've seen it twice now. Um, and then Kylo ends up blinding Ray, leaving her crying blood as he ample he enters a temple of Mortis. Basically, she is defeated. He has won. She is now blinded and laying on the ground. Leia conducts the revolution from above, confident, which slowly goes away as ten Star Destroyers show up out of hyperspace on Coruscant. Hooks can't believe the war is still going on and they have not won. Rose finds the capital is not only just the capital, but it is a ship now and is basically going to be detached and take off. So basically, this I think the capital specifically is their base. I don't think it's the full city or anything. Mm -hmm. It's their specific base, but she finds out that it is a ship implanted into the core now, Um, which feels like kind of big news you would hear about. (laughs) But like, basically, they are planned to detach from the uh, the 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 Earth, and they want from Coruscant specifically, and obviously she wants to try to stop it. So then we go back to the battle. Uh, They're killing it, but Chewie is shot down in the X-wing and basically going to crash. Uh, Finn and Rafe save Chewie and BB-8 when uh, once they. Finn and Rose save Chewie? Uh, no, Rose is in the is trying to now stop the detachment of the city. So Finn and Ray save? Sorry, did I say Ray? You said Rafe. Rafe. Sorry, oh. Rafe. That is actually really confusing. That's, that's close. Yeah. Rafe. Okay. This random character, which I want to know who would play them. No, honestly. Rose messages Leia that she needs the codes from R2 to stop the city from detaching. Basically, they all get passed through from Leia to one another and realize that one another are alive, which is good. Uh, Finn's new mission now is to get R2 to the capital so that he can kind of give her the codes. They are on a good rally call. Like, I think uh, R2 says something like, for the revolution, which with which 3PO uh, exclaims to everyone else. Like, he's, you know, in his questioning tone, like, for the revolution. And as he says this, R2 is basically just murked and gets shot and <laughs> falls over. <laughs> completely, co- Completely dead and burnt. Uh, they obviously uh, are very distraught by this, specifically 3PO. But uh, basically, Chewie gives them cover as Finn takes out R2's memory chip and places it in BB-8, sending BB-8 down to the capital. Oh and basically, being Finn is very like proud of BB-8 that he's come this far, basically, and they support cover now for BB-8 as he gets to the capital. They have to leave. This is so sad, actually. I'll, I'm going to try to find this real quick. Um so I can read it. Boom. An explosion knocks Finn off his feet. Ears ringing. Ray, fall back. Finn yells at 3PO, still kneeling over R2's fallen body. Finn, 3PO, we have to move. C-3PO looks up. Hand in R2's scorched head. Emotion like we've never seen in him. C-3PO, I can't leave him. Finn is speechless, crushed by it all. Chewbacca reaches down and heaves R2-D2's scorched shell up on his back. <laughs> Chewbacca yells. With one arm blasting and the other uh, securing R2, he and Finn race toward cover. Chewbacca gets hit, stumbles. He keeps going. Chewbacca gets hit again, falling to his knee, almost dropping R2. He stands up. Finn's eyes tear up as they fire back, an impossible odd. This is how it ends. Which is like a really insane... uh, I was reading this with the Star Wars soundtrack, uh, you know, on the background. I was tearing up a little bit. I was just like, Jesus. that's really sad. But we all know it's going to be okay. I can't believe they killed off R2. Don't you worry, Luke. Uh, <laughs> you know this is Star Wars, baby. Um, I'm traumatized just from this, not or whatever this is. This yeah, rough draft of a movie that never even got made. Yeah, we cut back to the eclipse. I also like the idea of 
Leia being in the Star Destroyer the entire time. Basically, more Star Destroyers begin to show up. They're all coming to uh, save the day, a.k.a. their First Order. Uh, Poe's in the Falcon yelling they need help. Leia knows this, obviously. We go back to Mortis. Basically, they're going to lose the war. Back to Mortis. Kylo looks to the to the well of Mortis. It's completely empty. Luke steps forward and says the dark side betrayed him once again. I'll read this a little bit. Luke, you've lost Ben. Luke Skywalker steps forward in the light, a thin blue glow, glow tracing his form. Kylo, you're dead. The Jedi are ghosts. Luke, the dark side has failed you like it failed my father. Kylo, your father was weak. Luke, his love for his family saved him. I wish it could save you. Luke looks deep in his former student's pained eyes. Kylo, I did what I had to. Luke, you chose hate. Kylo, I chose power. Kylo fires his saber and attacks, but Luke catches the blade with his gloved hand. His gloved hand, guys. They were we, going to answer the question. They were going to answer the question. I would love that. Stopping When you it. turn into a force ghost, you still do not have your limbs. Yep. He, st- he stops. But your gloves still go turned into a force ghost with you. Oh, those are cybernetics. Yeah. And then what a line, guys. He's, he stops the blade in midair, stronger than Kylo could ever imagine. Kylo. I'll be stronger than you than any Skywalker has ever been. Their faces are inches away, separated by the red blade. Luke, you are no Skywalker. Uh, oh, <laughs> devastating. I know it is. It is. It just doubles down all, like left and right, and it does such a good job of it, I think. Uh, back to Morris. Okay, so then uh, Ray climbs the steps of the temple, blinded in pain. Luke says uh, they're all connected, all, lo- all living things. Obi-Wan was, was right. Basically, then Luke gives this really cool speech where we see every single person that we've connected with. Basically, like Leia looks beyond the battle. Ray, or sorry, Rose is uh, trying to disconnect in the uh, the the city from a detaching because BB-8 arrives and attaches, and she gets the codes. Like we're seeing all these kind of storylines wrap up. We're seeing them lose the battle, but we're seeing like the hope that they still have. As Luke gives this really cool speech, um, I would read it, but it's literally separated through everything like through like three four pages i think mm-hmm. they're all connected luke gives a speech and we cut through all the characters finn feels a connection with ray and tells her to fight ray hears him he's with her they all are ray wraps her eyes which is really cool i think uh luke vanishes ray standing tall behind where luke once stood in the distance ray ray and kylo fight ray is guided by the force cool moment blinded bruised, and determined ray our masters were wrong, were wrong. I will not deny my anger. I will not reject my love. Her fallen lightsaber flies into her hands. Ray, I am the darkness. I am the light. Kylo, you are nothing. You are no one. She uh, ignites her blade. It crackles. No one is no one. Kylo charges. Their blades meet and sizzle. Ray fi- flights, fights blindfolded, guided by the Force. Which I think is pretty cool. That, that no one is no one line is so cheesy but still gives me goosebumps i know that's just classic star Wars. i know but the thing i like about it is that it feels like it's earned through three movies now yes uh which is nice uh back in coruscant a fleet of smuggler ships of course fly to save the day bb reaches the capital plugs in uh poe descends down to the city hux orders the city to be bombed he lost the star wars (laughs) hux (laughs) it says that it says that hux then really brutally hux goes into his office and basically there's a collection of saber hilts he ignites one and kills himself. I've seen that concept art. Yeah, not yeah. just not just anyone though. It, it, it says it's purple, so I assume it's it Mace, Mace Windu. Windu's, yeah, which is crazy. It says purple. It doesn't say specifically it's Mace Windu. No, though. we know, we know, we know. As someone's a, purple lightsaber. What is that? What's the implications? Maybe one that was found on Coruscant. Ray then slashes uh, Kylo's lightsaber, Kylo's lightsaber in half, along with some of his fingers. Some. Uh. Yeah. Yep. 
she's strong and angry. Kyle can't believe it. But then he seizes as the opportunity and begins to drain her life force. And he begins to heal. The, his his uh, metal face plates falling off. He is like completely healed now and like stronger than ever. Leia senses a disturbance. She begins to whisper Ben's name. She knows basically this is it. Kylo stops, hearing his mother. Something does something to him when he hears his mom's voice, it says. She says, come back home. Uh, we need help. We You can still fight or something like that. Kylo waits a long moment. Uh, Ray has her hand reached out towards him. He reaches back out, giving her life force back. He falls to the ground, an empty shell. Ray and him lay head to head, touching. He whispers Solana. Ray remembers. It's her last name. It's Ray Solana. And then Ben dies. So that's the end of Ben Solo. He doesn't get necessarily a super cool moment, but he is able to then be like, yep, I should be out of here and die. <laughs> Poe and Finn meet along with Chewie and Rafe. Uh, Finn waves the resistance flag for all those to see. The ground shakes. The First Order Capitol building begins to leave. Rose jumps into a skate pod and shoots out, crash landing near her troop. She gets uh, Finn helps her out. Um, as it's about to basically, the Capitol's about to hype, go into hyperspace. Uh, Finn asks if he, he wasn't that she wasn't able to stop it. She says she wasn't able to stop it, but she made some modifications as it blasts off into hyperspace. It basically jets off in uh, and crashes into a, a planet and destroys the entire planet. It's a moon. I think not necessarily a living planet. Good, 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 good. With that being said, <laughs> the gravitational pull of a moon is major, but basically it implodes the entire planet and basically sends a, sends a shock wave through the entire galaxy for all to be felt, which is basically a signal for the resistance beyond the messages. There's Ooh, anything you have this, this actual wave that goes through every, that it goes through everything, which is kind of cool. It's called, a, they, they kind of call it a beacon of hope. I'm just thinking about what that would mean for the fan community after we do the Holdo maneuver to go to that boy, that, that that's doubling down. I know, but I think people uh, would accept it that if this happens twice, weirdly. People would not. No, I don't think would they the would. That would be the most unexpected thing in all of Star Wars. I'm, I'm biting my tongue because we'll talk about it when it's done, but there's a lot of moments where I'm like, that's really cool, but then like you'll picture like how that's going to play out on yes. screen, and you're like, people aren't going to like that. And like this beat particularly, like with this like shockwave sent through the galaxy, it's like, well, we've already seen planets blow up in Star Wars, and that didn't happen. Like People would point that out as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, this is a neat idea, but... I don't care for it in actuality. And then all at once, for some reason, Leia, Finn, Poe all sense that Ray is dead. Oh no! Yeah, well, she's she, not. Is she? Did she? She got her life force back from Kylo Ren. Yeah, but I think she was also so battered and blinded too. Okay. Um, and then we cut to Ray, who is in an astral plane. She opens her eyes. She sees Yoda, Luke, and Obi Wan. They all say basically, she taught them so much. Um, this is a cool moment. We get Obi Wan doesn't get a lot of lines, but we you know, we see Yoda, Obi Wan, and Luke, which is really cool. Um, she's shocked to hear this. They disappear, knowing that uh, she's going back to life. Basically, Obi Wan says she is uh, she is a Jedi, but not the last Jedi, which is kind of a cool line. And then basically, uh, Ray then wakes up uh, unblinded. Coruscant now is free. Everyone is celebrating. This is t- obviously time has passed. This is very reminiscent of. Obviously, A New Hope, the ending of A New Hope. Everybody is just celebrating. Um, and basically, we have a ceremony. It's, we're in a ceremonial hall, and everyone is getting medals, basically. Leia, along with her generals, including Lando, <laughs> who just right only a general now, like it says that, uh, award everyone. Finn, Rose, Poe, and then it says, finally, after 40 years, Chewie gets his medals. I think it says 60 years, actually, because I think it's 60 years have passed or something. That doesn't make any sense, but I think it says 60 years. Um 
X amount of time has passed and Chewie finally gets smelled, the one we're all excited for. Later, during a sunset, Leia looks down at her beacon bracelet that uh, th- that basically tracks Ray that we saw in uh, Last Jedi. Mm. Uh, Rose says they have a lot of work to do, and they separate. Leia pa- places the bracelet in Poe's hand. He says he'll never stop looking for her. Finn hands Poe his old leather jacket for good luck. I like that beat. That's a cool beat. Um, Max, you didn't give any reaction to that. It's a cool beat. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, in the Falcon, Poe hangs the beacon bracelet where Han's dice once were. I think that's kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. It's, it starts. It's a it's a bit fan servicey towards the end there, but I think the entire movie is not fan servicey besides like maybe three things throughout. So I'm like, okay, it deserves it. Leia watches Poe uh, and Chewie in the Falcon dart off in one direction. The Phantom Hawk with Rose and Finn dart in the other. She turns around. R2 is under construction. Leia places his memory drive uh, in R2, much like she does in A New Hope uh, when he she gives the, the message for Obi-Wan. Uh, his memory bank begins to boot up, and we see everything that has happened in the past 60 years. We see kind of go, go through a montage of everything that R2 has witnessed, which has basically been everything, because we... He's been through everything and all. Yeah, from the Phantom Menace on. Yep. Yeah. So we've seen we've seen it. We we kind of see a nice little montage. I think it seems like it would actually it might go well. It could be cheesy, right? It could be cheesy because it's not living by itself. But it's nice in the fact that they're using it in a way that R two is able to relive to reshow these memories because it's rebooting back up. So it's like a nice little plot thing that I think it makes it make sense. I hope that they would reshoot or whatever edit with CG or AI all of the scenes from, like, the prequels and the original trilogy from R2's perspective. So, like, looking up at everyone because <laughs> he's so short. That would be funny. Everyone just looks terrible and has, like, double you chins. Just, you should just see a bunch of crotches and butts from his angle. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to a homestead in a grassy field. Uh, Finn sits inside with a bunch of uh, young kids ages 6 to 11 uh, as he finishes the story. And he says that Ray will come back, and when she does, we'll be waiting for her. Rose sits at the table watching on. All these children are Force-sensitive. They've built a refugee for all these kids. Then we cut to Poe in the Falcon, and him and Chewie are going through hyperspace, and the light begins to glow on the beacon. And then Finn is now on the porch watching the kids play with BB-8 in the field. He steps forward, seeing something. It's Ray. Her eyesight is back, and only a scar is on only a scar by her eye is a reminder. She walks toward the homestead, ready to train the next generation of Jedi. Which nice. is a cool ending, which yeah. is exactly where we're gonna pick up now. Which makes me think, like, is is the Ray movie gonna be <laughs> this with Finn and Rose? Pretty much, Maybe. I would think so. So, but <clears throat> there's a lot of great lines, and I think this is a really hard movie <laughs> to, to describe. It's 131 pages, and then it's a really, I mean, I mean, you know, fuck me, right? Luke just described a whole series of books <laughs> that was way more than that. And so, thank you for sticking with me through this kind of like messy. Um, description of this of this movie but like when i read it there's things that i absolutely love in there then there's things that i absolutely hate in there and it feels like to me a movie that i don't know why i put my laptop away I gotta look at my notes um i don't have too many but like it's one of those movies that it doesn't feel like it's it feels a la return of the jedi when it doesn't feel like a big finale it just feels like another movie within this trilogy and just so happens to be the last one and then we end with a poignant ending to want us want more and I think this movie does that. I don't know if it does it in the best way possible, though. There's a lot that I like and a lot that I don't like. And unfortunately, this just really highlights everything that I don't like in The Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Finn leading the underground rebellion and 
the stormtrooper Ra- Raph, Rafe, Rafe, yeah. Um, I love all of that, and I keep thinking like, oh, they should have done that in the rest of Skywalker, and they kind of did. It was just really mcclunky with Janna and it's like oh yes she's already a deserted stormtrooper and they already have a troop a battalion yeah. of deserted stormtroopers and so finn doesn't have to do any character development or growth in that regard yeah for this beat to be in the movie and i like the, the way they did the i like the way they did this more in that script but when you actually make it into a movie who's to say that you know it wasn't written just like that for the rise of skywalker with yeah. Janna? exactly and the also i should mention for some reason, at the end, with Dade, the Broom Boy is with him. Broom Boy shows up. It says Broom Boy and Dade, <laughs> for some reason. That's so, weird. You guys have talked about Broom Boy a good amount. I never really think about him more than when I watch that one scene. Neither do I. It's just a random scene that I feel like it like weirdly blew up, and I'm just like, it's so insignificant. You know? Exactly, yeah. It's about the insignificance that he could be anybody. He's just a, a Broom Boy. But yeah, Dade, be anybody. there's a beat in this movie, too, where Dade... When he meets Finn, he shows him the ring and turns it to the rebellion side. So I was like, "They're just giving these rings out." <laughs> I'm just like, it's, "It's just confusing. It's not Broom Boy, but Broom Boy is there later on. It's very odd." That's funny. Yeah, there's there's a lot of parts that like even if I don't necessarily mind it, just like I said earlier, thinking about how that's gonna play out on screen, you you can just kind of anticipate like a lot of fans are gonna be like, mm, "I don't know yeah. about that." Mainly being like the entire first act, like. Our, our band of rebels just like stealing an entire dreadnought star destroyer like yeah. it sounds cool in theory but like when you watch it play out you're gonna be like how well it's how i think is it's this? i think it's because there's so many there it's just there it's a fueling station right and so i think that there's like it looks like a punk rock bracelet i guess with and the spikes are the star destroyers mm-hmm. so i think it's one of those things where there's a bunch there with that being said even leia has a good point when they land She's just like, you didn't even think, to, you, there's no way you could have possibly swept this entire thing. They could be crawling with first order, like first order people or stormtroopers. And it's like, oh yeah, it could be. <laughs> like there's It's too big. You can't mm-hmm. sweep the entire ship. And so they do mention things like that. But then eventually they're just like, oh yeah, there's like all these weapons and stuff. And that's how we're going to fill the, the underground rebellion. Which again, the, the start of the story is key in the fact that it has to give the rebe- underground rebellion for Finn the weapons. But like, yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> like to all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, it is different. We've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But like you said, and also, how do you know when the smugglers show up? How do you know that those are the good guys? Yeah, I don't really care for that story arc with Lando. I agree. It's that's the thing. It's not that, much of a story arc. Seems like you just had that one scene and then showed up. That's exactly yeah, what happened. Went to bed that night and just went. Ah, I should help. <laughs> Literally, yeah. That's the thing, too. There's no wedge. There's no snap. Like, I think in Rise of Skywalker, what it does well is, like, it, it shows these characters in a different... Like, even when they're, like, sitting around planning. Like, for some reason, like, one of my favorite parts of Star Wars is them sitting around planning what they're going to do. It's, like, it's super fun when they're in that council and, like, uh, in that era and trying to figure out what they want to do and how they're going to attack. And I think, like, there is no moments like that. It's just, like, here are the main characters and you don't need to know anybody else besides Rafe and Dade. Like, even saying those names, I'm like, oh. No, I like them. I liked all that. All the parts that I don't like, I just keep thinking, did I like it that much better in The Rise of Skywalker? Because mm-hmm. Rose, I like in The Last Jedi that she's not a military soldier. She's an engineer, uh, yeah. a tech person. She's not on that mission for her fighting or her cunning. She's there to do the thing with the hyperdrive. She's a technician. And I like that they sort of kept that in The Rise of Skywalker by leaving her on Agent Claus to study old Star Destroyer yeah. uh, schematics, but 
I mean, would I rather just them turn her into an action hero or have her not yeah. in the movie? So, well, I like 50, her. 50. I like her doing. I don't think she's a, she. She's an action hero in the way that like she does all the tech stuff though. She's trying to figure out how to not detach things. Like she's being spending a lot of time like under the hood of like basically when she escapes, like trying to figure out how she can make the uh the capital not detach from the planet. And I think like her purpose is to wield the the kyber crystals to this device that they created in order to send out the message to everybody so she's integral in that part so she is just like mm-hmm. the tech person but she's along for the ride of the action because it you know it, in, it includes the action i guess that's another moment though that would take fans out of it to be like they had the ability to broadcast messages like across the entire galaxy like that there's like, a lot of moments like that i think where it's just like the the, the plot just seems like kind of off when you think about it. Cause I was like, okay, Ray and Kyle's only goal is to get to Mortis. And in order to do that, they just need one barrier to figure out that thing. And it's for, with, with Ray, it's finding a force ability user that Poe knows to tell her basically that like, it's potentially out here. You're going to have to sacrifice yourself. And then she goes and does it. And then with Kylo, it's like, you're going to go to uh Valium and then drain his force life force. And then you're just going to go find it. And it's like, oh, it's all like there's not much to them, weirdly. Like it is a more of a story about Finn and Rose and Poe, I'd say, than like Kylo and Ray obviously are the bigger moments, but I feel like and it's surrounding them, but they have the least beats within the whole movie, I think. Yeah, I was kinda getting that vibe too. And as for I mean, like I said before, as for the Ray and Kylo of it all, I don't love it, but would it be better if like I don't love that Kylo killed Ray's parents and that doesn't add up to me no that makes it much more even more of a not exactly like not more of a contradiction from the last jedi than what we get in the rise of skywalker but it's close it's not any better than ray being a palpatine and all of that so it's hard to say which of these i prefer because i i don't really like either when i really think about it i'd be okay with kylo killing her parents if it was years later like if it was like oh on, on the way in the force awakens the parents were coming back or something for some reason Mm -hmm. like even years before that and kylo stopped them from doing that for what reason i don't know you know there would need to be some sort of like again it kind of been years prior or like then he would he like if he killed them but he realized that they had a daughter or something and was going to find her track her down like that would be interesting but it's like there's not there there isn't enough and that's the problem that we overarchingly are running into right we're in the fact that you just need to plan a trilogy throughout the entire thing because you can't set up and knock down something in the same movie and and no offense to nothing to do with the last jedi either it's like they set up things up in force awakens but they didn't have anywhere to go with it it's like jj was like here's all these random things and then you know i mean i think it could have been handled better with episode with movies two and three planned together even but like doesn't I mean, matter. Two you is to... the most important one when you don't have a plan for yeah. a trilogy and you're just given the second movie of a trilogy. It's yeah. like, okay, because a lot of people are, like don't like how that movie was left off because they felt like too many doors were closed and like mm-hmm. the third movie was like kind of like which limited. sets it up for but a finale. You know, it's like what else? Yeah. Like he didn't have any instruction. Like what do you want him to do? I think that this movie does that though. It instead it leaves it doesn't backtrack on many things. Bes- and he, she she was a quote unquote nobody, but Ray kind of owns it and says nobody's a nobody. Like I know better than you. I like that, and I like the parts where it seems like Kylo Ren is doubling down on being the big bad. Yes. But then they still kind of give him the same redemption arc that they gave him in Rise of Skywalker yeah. anyway. Probably 
Honestly, I think Rise of Skywalker probably did it a little bit better than what that sounded like. But again, this was like maybe a first draft of it or something. So maybe it would have been better. What I like about this is that there are a lot of like low hanging fruit moments that it capitalizes on. Like Bosk. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) The most random person. Am I reading this right? Um, like, yeah, like Luke said, like, I really like Finn leading the Stormtrooper Rebellion. Like, that's a great story arc for Finn. Um, just Rey using a double-sided lightsaber is really good, mm-hmm. but... Did it's... the Poe and Rey relationship ever come up again? That's why he's searching for her, basically. Is But did he need to be searching for her? Because she just showed up with Finn and Rose. That's my thing, too. Well, then he is looking yeah, for her, point. but then the beacon shows off, basically. So I think it's one of those... Who knows how she got there, but she was in a black hole, basically, like in where kind of Ezra and Thrawn were, for example. So I, I think it was kind of an impossible task, and who knows how she got where she got, but she she ended up where, with Finn and Rose, who started this, this camp now, you know, a refuge for these Force users. And so I think the beacon went off, and so they will be re- reunited again. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was, you know, hints of their relationship. I don't really know how long they've gone, but... They've been, you know, Ray's been gone, but long enough, the fact that Finn has to say, you know, but once she does come back, so it's been that long that they're able to set up a refuge for these kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole relationship, I'm not a big fan of. I mean, it it has some highlights and it has some downfalls. Like I said, uh, kind of at the top, I recall reading it a long time ago and just coming out of it feeling like that. Like, uh, this is like, it's got some really cool moments, but I don't know if this is like, like something huge that we missed i don't think it was like a big miss by lucasfilm to not go with it i agree i think rise of skywalker feels like a big finale again i think this ends a little better in the fact that it leaves you wanting more like ray shows up to a refuge that for these four i've said like like a million times i feel like already in the past two minutes but like she shows up to train the next generation of jedi like Mm -hmm. that is a solid ending for just that thematically i think it makes sense and i i like elements of it but i mean i rise of skywalker when i think about it like that is one of the movies i put on a lot for fun because it's just a fun dumb movie like it feels like the prequels when you put on because they're fun kind of and dumb and quote unquote whatever they're still great movies but like you can put them on when you're sick but you i feel like sometimes i get a headache like when i had food poisoning in st louis we put on attack of the clones i was like mother you know it's just like (laughs) but you put on rise of skywalker i'd be having a blast while still being sick you know because it's flashy and stupid, and you have to think literally at all, because they explain everything for you. <laughs> Maybe best if you don't, actually. Exactly, yeah. So, like, I, I don't mind Rise of Skywalker for that reason. And like I said, like, when you watch these with your kids and you show them, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see their perspective of being like, well, that stuff is cool, or like, why do you like that? You know, I don't know. So, it we'll see. But Duel of Fates, I like the name. It's thematically tied with Star Wars. It's the duel of fates between Kylo and Rey. But did it call out in the script when they would start playing the duel of the fates soundtrack? It did not. <laughs> I wish it did. There's a lot of weird things like that, but within the script that's, that's written, and I, I obviously I'm excluding a lot. A lot of it is reading it to really get the emotion. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, I left out a lot, even about like Rose specifically trying to like maneuver and de- you know stop the capital from detaching from Coruscant. Even leaving like out that. however much you did. Mm-hmm. I still got the vibe that this move, the Duel of the Fates, is much more character driven than the Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker is very plot driven, yeah, and there's yes. an arc for Rey, yeah, and then this movie seems even with whatever you excluded about all the character nuances, seems a lot more character focused, which but, I generally prefer in movies. But like Matt said, though, because it's more character driven, when you start to analyze the plots, it kind of like 
falls apart at the seams. Like you said, like when you're like, so Kylo Ren just had to do that and Ray just had to do this. Like, yeah. Because it's like there's not enough time in a movie to, to make it more exactly. epic. Yeah. But, you know, especially when you're introducing randomly black holes and stuff, it's like, well, you're going outside of what we know in Star Wars and it's making it more complicated now. But I also remember when that uh, script leaked years ago, people gave it so much crap for that one line where it said uh, about General Hux, he lost the Star Wars. Yes. People were like, wow, that is so stupid. That is such bad writing. And like so many people had to point out like, well, just so you know, this is like a script. This isn't like a book. And that's not like a line of dialogue. No. Like that's basically just like the writers having fun. Yes. And that's, that's, I don't, I like that. And when you said that, I, I kind of laughed. I was like, that's funny. He lost the Star Wars. But like, I like if it they too. said that, if that was a line of dialogue, like, yeah, don't say that. That's dumb. But that's, I agree. Fun. I, I know. I, that's the thing with screenplays is like, I feel like most people don't read them or know what they are. Right. And like, that's why I said up top, even where it's just like, Oh yeah. Like I need to be reminded of the the setting, but it's like, well, that's not the job of a screenplay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you're repeating things in the screenplay, you're doing it wrong. Well, let us know what you think uh, and give it a read yourself um, for all the detail and the dialogue. Uh, but let us know if you think that this was better than the rise of Skywalker, if it's something that we should have got, or if you think the rise of Skywalker is better uh, or uh, maybe there were highlights of both that you, that you think, I don't know. Or if I'm you should, it. or you know, if you were prefer where Star Wars should go from here, go listen to our new trilogy pitch ideas. Yeah. We got, we got That's plenty a good of wide ranging ideas. Yes. Plug ourselves. See you, Sammy.